0: first scripture reading today comes from Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 1, and then verse 4 through 7. Listen now to the word of the Lord. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles, and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people, whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat what they produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage." that they may bear sons and daughters, multiply there and do not decrease, but seek welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare.
1: Well, the lectionary was very kind to us for Stewardship Sunday, giving us a text very suitable for the occasion. The gospel lesson comes from the book of Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. I would invite you once again to listen for the word of God. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, "'Jesus, Master!' And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. By God's grace, at various points in our lives, good things come our way. Good things come upon us. People invest in us over time and bring out the best in us. Opportunities unfold, perhaps unexpectedly, and a dream comes true. Or we persevere and overcome a challenging season in life, only to discover a new and abiding joy. God's goodness and grace can surprise us and interrupt the otherwise stressful slog that life can sometimes feel like. Of course, we don't always recognize in the moment these profound graces that God sends our way that unfold before us. But if we examine our lives, if we reflect on our lives, hindsight reveals a great deal about God's grace. A couple lives in a good-sized house now, but remembers with fondness that little bungalow they bought when they were first married. It was a real fixer-upper, but it was home. A student graduates with a Ph.D. in physics, and recalls with nostalgia her high school physics teacher who pushed her through her early struggles in the subject because he believed in her. A retired social worker doesn't miss the stress of preparing for his client's court hearings, but he does miss the sense of purpose and fulfillment his hard work brought to his life. You know, in our forward-looking culture we are often encouraged to leave the past behind and keep pressing ahead to the next thing but perhaps there is value in looking back in a thoughtful prayerful way not to dwell or get stuck in the past but to recognize the gifts of grace that have brought us to today hindsight helps us see how much the grace we've received in our lives wasn't so much earned or deserved, but often fell upon us like rain. As a new parent, I've grown more grateful for my own parents, understanding now how difficult the task of parenting really is, how much sacrifice it requires. I've tried to thank my mom in those moments when I'm most aware of this and would give anything to be able to go back and thank my dad again. And I realize now that the kind of parents I have have set me up to be the best parent that I can be now that I've entered this stage in my life. I know I'm not the only new parent to gain a new degree of gratitude for my own parents. And I know a lot of older parents who reassure themselves that when their children have children, then they'll understand certain things they don't understand now, such as life, I suppose. In our text today, 10 people suffering from the skin disease of leprosy cry out to our Lord for healing. And Jesus, who never ignores the cries of those who ask something of him, sends them on their way, and as they depart, in the midst of their journey, suddenly, it seems, they receive healing. It's their big break which brings unexpected freedom from their society's ostracism, unexpected relief from an awful ailment, and an unexpected opportunity to pursue the kind of life they must have always wanted to pursue. Their healing is a grace that falls upon them like rain. But nine of the 10, it turns out, simply press ahead and never look back. It's as if they've forgotten where they came from, forgotten who poured into them and helped them to be well. Now, were these nine selfish, ungrateful, arrogant people? Not necessarily. They just didn't pause to look back and remember how the grace of God had been operative in their lives. But one of the ten bucks the trend. Luke describes the actions of this one carefully. It's the moral of the story. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. This one who turns back to Christ strikes me as the kind of person who must have gone on to Start a nonprofit to help people suffering from leprosy. He seems like the kind of person who is reflective enough on his own life to know that the grace he had received was something he ought to share, something he ought to pay forward and pass along. This one who turns back goes out of his way to give praise and thanks to God. And he prostrates himself at Jesus' feet a posture of giving his whole self back to Christ in gratitude for all that Christ had first given him. You know, it's one thing to give, but it's another thing to give back. All sorts of things can prompt us to give. Pity on someone unwell, guilt over how much we have, Peer pressure to fit into a giving culture, even a desire to pay lower taxes can prompt us to give. We give to all sorts of things as good causes confront us. And certainly such giving accomplishes a great deal of good in the world. But giving back is different. Because giving back can only be prompted by gratitude, by a sincere conviction that we have received A certain kind of grace that we cannot wrap our minds around. A certain kind of grace that we never could have grasped hold of ourselves. A certain kind of grace that just fell upon us like rain. When we give back, we recognize our own story in the cause to which we give. And we acknowledge that all we are and all we have ultimately comes from the grace of God at work in our lives. When we give, we're the ones who should be thanked, but when we give back, we are the ones doing the thanking. We are the ones prostrating ourselves before the God of grace. You see, we give to causes all the time that haven't necessarily given anything to us first, but we give back to those causes that have first given to us. The one man who returns to Jesus is giving back because Jesus is the one who first gave him the gift of healing. Giving is good, but giving back is even better. Every year I write a small check to my college tennis team, which seems kind of a strange thing to do when you think about it. The school I attended in Spokane, Washington is a six-hour flight away, and these days it costs over $40,000 a year to go there. One would think I gave them plenty of money as a student. And what's more, sports seems a sort of frivolous thing to support in a world full of so much basic need. Aren't there lots of other causes that I should support instead? Better causes, perhaps? But my support of my college tennis team is not so much about giving as it is about giving back. When I was a sophomore on the team, I was ranked a lowly ninth near the bottom of the ladder. At that time in my life, I was dealing with a pretty significant depression, and that team became like a family to me as I struggled with my mental health. As we were preparing for our spring break trip to Texas, the coach informed me that the team could only afford to send the top eight players on the trip, so I wouldn't be able to go. And the prospect of spending a week by myself without my teammates at that point in my life was daunting. But the next day, the coach told me that a former player had sent in an unexpected donation that would allow me to participate in the trip after all. It was a grace that fell upon me like rain. And it turns out that it was over the course of that spring break trip to Dallas with my team that I finally began to emerge from my depression and feel so much more like myself again. And so every year when I write that humble little check to my alma mater, I do so with gratitude welling up inside of me because I can look back and remember that time in my life I can see the way God saturated me with grace through the camaraderie of that team right when I needed it the most. And when I remember those days, even now, I just want to say thank you. For me, that gift is not just about giving. It's about giving back. On this Stewardship Sunday, as you think about your capacity to support the church in the coming year, I hope that you will think not just about giving but about giving back. I hope that as you make your pledge, you'll think about the ways in which you've experienced God's grace in this place, the ways in which Christ has instilled in you a passion for care and service, the ways in which your faith has made you well. And most of all, as you consider the scope of your participation In the ministry and mission of Riverside, I hope you'll do so with a sense of gratitude for all that God has given you. Perhaps Riverside is a place where you felt a warm embrace as an outsider and quickly became an insider. Perhaps Riverside is a place where you began to have conversations about the well-being of our community. And ever since then, you've discovered God's presence all over our city as you have reached out in service. Or perhaps Riverside is a place where your family has gathered for generations to mark life's major transitions, baptisms and confirmations, weddings and funerals. Here at Riverside, God's grace falls upon us like rain. I hope that you share in my gratitude for all that God is doing in this place. And I hope you will join me this year, not only in giving to Riverside, but in giving back. Alleluia, and thanks be to God. Amen. And now would you rise and join me in responding to God's word by affirming the faith of the church. We believe that Christ's work of reconciliation is made manifest in the church as the community of believers who have been reconciled with God and with one another, that this unity of the people of God must be manifested and be active in a variety of ways, in that we love one another, that we experience, practice, and pursue community with one another, That we are obligated to give ourselves willingly and joyfully to be of benefit and blessing to one another that we share one faith have one calling are of one soul and one mind and together come to know the height and the breadth and the depth of the love of christ At this time, we will present our gifts to God this morning in the form of our pledges for 2023. During the offertory anthem, I would invite you to bring your pledge card forward down the center aisle and place it in one of these plates. If you pledged online, you can pick up a I Pledged Online card from the center of your pews as you head towards the aisle, and you may place that in the plates as well. Friends, let us join our hearts in prayer now as we dedicate our gifts to God. Creator of all, the earth belongs to you, the world, and all who live in it. You have entrusted us with gifts—time, talent, energy, money—and asked us to use them to build your kingdom. With thanks and praise, we respond to your call. We bring before you these gifts you have given, returning your generosity, paying it forward. We offer ourselves, our lives, our hopes and fears, our dollars and our hours. We commit ourselves to work for your world, to love and serve wherever you call. We remember all those in need today, the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the naked, the sick, the imprisoned. We know that just as we do unto these, so we do unto you. Lord, inspire us with your love, challenge us with your truth, empower us with your strength to work for a world in which all persons will have enough. We dedicate the gifts we bring, O God, our pledges for your glory. Guide our leaders as they prepare us financially for the upcoming year. Use us, O God, to do your work in this world. Encourage us to see that we are all ministers called into the body of Christ. Use each of us in your service. We ask your blessing on your church, as we seek to follow you with heart, mind, soul, and strength. Bless these gifts, our investment in your future, that they may multiply in faith, hope, and love. We offer these gifts in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All blessing and honor are yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen.